Yeah, even though we here, Villanova Radio, this is what they've been waiting for. Saturday, Purdue, as I predicted on my bracket, they wouldn't be Carson Edwards versus Phil Booth. Listen, we're going to talk about both of them today. Now, St. Mary's was always tough. They beat Gonzaga. I mean, and that's big for Villanova to pull out that win. Because in, in reality, you look at that game, it was kind of different because if you look at that game, I mean, it was kind of like people was like, you know, what's going to happen? But what happened with Jermaine Samuels happened. It's always somebody that come out, you know, Phil Booth was one in the championships. Always when we need somebody, it's filling over basketball. Jay Wright's also great at motivating people. Jermaine Samuels, it's time to put the love on Jermaine. Because we got to go back. We have to go back and we have to talk about who Jermaine Samuels is, right? Jermaine Samuels was one of the top players in his class. One of the top. And we talking about big time right now because in that class was some guys, right? We got to go. Just, just to tell you who he exactly is and what type of player he was. They battled Duke for him. That's the one thing. They battled Duke. All right. Now, when you look at Duke, you know, they, they wanted, and, and then times, man, Duke wasn't even had, you know, they wasn't really getting the classes like right now. I think it turned, I think Kentucky turned everything up for everybody because, I mean, you got to, you got to keep up with the Joneses. But right now, Jermaine Samuels was the 46th ranked player in his class. It's 46th, ninth ranked small forward, even though being the number one guy in Massachusetts with people right on the field. Massachusetts, who was that? That that class himself had Marvin Bagley, Michael Porter Jr., Muhammad Bomber, DeAndre Aiden, Colin Sexton, Trevon Duvall, Wendell Carter, Jaron Jackson. I mean, this is a great dialogue. Knox, all the guy I'm talking about is, is in the NBA. Jared Devin uh, Vanderbilt, Jared Devin Vanderbilt, who was supposed to be probably one of the most talented guys in that class. Is you know things happen, injuries, and he didn't get to you know he just ain't that guy. And I really thought he was gonna be something nice, you know. But you know, Troy Brown also in the NBA. Jared Vanderbilt, I think, is in the uh, yeah, he's in the G League. Um, Brandon McCoy also drafted. P.J. Washington will be drafted this year. Lonnie Walker. Gary Trent Jr. Nick Richardson could be drafted. I think that's a G League guy. Brian Bowen, G League guy. Billy Preston, you know, he's in the G League flirting around. Chris Wilkes will be drafted this year. Jalen Hands. Trey, Trey Young. Emmanuel Cope, another guy who could be just G League, but he has a lot of talent to be that next guy, you know, to um, – he has a lot of talent. Uh, Jonte Porter, Quade Green. Um, guys like uh, you got Malik Williams, MJ Walker, who plays for Florida State, Nick Witherspoon, Jellick Felton, Shea Gildas Alexander, Silvio DeSousa, John Petty, another guy with all types of talent. All types of talent. Uh, we'll see where he goes. Paul Scrubs, the guy Xavier we had to deal with, Nindale Wingington, Chande Brown, Ethan Thompson, Brandon Randolph's excellent shooter, Daniel Gaffer in the NBA this year, Nikhil Alexander Walker, we know who that is in the NBA this year. Ashton Langford, Makai Ashton Langford, plays for the Friars. Cause KZ Akpala, another guy who looks like a, a top 20 pick this year. Jeremiah Tillman, Tremont Waters, balling this year, Charles O'Bannon, and then Joseph Charles O'Bannon Jr., and now Jermaine Samuels. Jermaine Samuels, looking at their small forward class. What do you, what's going on in the small forward class? You know, Michael Porter was number one. 
You had Kevin Knox, Jerry Vanderbilt, Troy Brown, Brian Bowen, Chris Wilkes, Emmanuel Cole, Casey Akpa, and Jermaine Samuels. And the next guys are guys like DJ Harvey after Samuels. Uh, Chuma Okiki, who plays for Auburn, been doing good. Uh, Sevian Flag, um, guys like Najee uh, Marshall, Jordan Tucker, Jordan Noah. Just a few guys you might know that he's over. Um, O'Shea Prizat, he was over him. Um, just other successful guys who you just might feel like, wow, you know. But Jermaine was a top 10 in the elite class. And we're going now to he's averaging 12.7 points, 12 points and 7 rebounds in this tournament. He's starting off hot. He's a three-point shooter, which I think, if you look at him, how he shoots, sometimes he's confident in hitting it. Sometimes he's not confident in shooting it. The confidence part is going to kick up. And Jermaine Simmons, I, I, now if you're looking at back and forth, you, you go with this team as you go. Just like Jay Wright says, you know, you're learning as you go. These guys, he's going to be the leader. I mean, I'm looking at this team, right? It's not going to be, I used to say Antoine and Robinson, because I'm looking at the team at the time. It was like, yo, there's no leadership. There's no guys who could take over. But that's it. It's Samuels. I think Samuels is that guy. He has it. Once he even puts his foot, you got the uh, from one to ten. And once he puts his foot on seven, he's looking like a 12 and seven guy. Like, you know, mistakes. And he didn't, whatever he doesn't do on the offensive end, he makes up for the defense. And at one time, he was just defensively. Now he's just, now this guy, he's playing like the guy that everyone knew about. He's playing like that guy. He's playing like that guy that they drafted. He's playing like, I mean, not drafted. He's playing like the guy that they recruited, that everybody recruited. I mean, if he was with a team that didn't have, was a team that didn't have their identity and just said, look, get the ball, we're going to go where you go. You know, he would have been scored like 15, 16 points a game, probably a little low well, field goal percentage, you know, three-point percentage, but he'd be scoring. He's learning how to play efficient now. That's what Jay Wright wants you to do, play the right way. I was talking, you know, to my guy, Eric, we had a lot of good conversations. We were talking about Eric Watkins. He's like, you really think Quinley is going to be? I'm like, yeah, he could have came out this year because the, the talent factor around Quinley, the eyes around Quinley were big. And if Quinley would have came in here and got 15 points and five assists, which I know he would have got, if he would have got the chance to just do what he wanted to do, be the point guard, come in and run, he could have had some bad shooting percentages. You know what I mean? I'm not talking about the shooting percentage. I'm talking about what he would have averaged because he would have got a chance to roll with the ball. He would have won some games. Well, I think he would have been better. No, because at this team going, the identity of this team is different. You just can't let nobody go and roll with it. You can't put Quinley and Booth in there and just say roll with it. And let them make because that means you're letting Booth. You, that means Booth hasn't been taught. It's a different story. Wright wouldn't have went with just Quinterly and just putting them in there. You know what I mean, he wants to go ahead and let him learn the game. People say Brunson came right in. Well, Brunson is a better defensive player, and we know about that. Brunson's a way he's a better defensive player. All right, but that's not the reason. He was his IQ was ready to fall. I mean, you know, fall back. They say Quinley's a scoring point guard. Quinley's both. Is that Quinley's more quick and he's more erratic? He's more, you know, he's he's more flashy, and you know they can get you turnovers in the college game. Um, look at Trey Young. Trey Young was doing his thing, shooting good, you know. But look what happened with the team. Look what happened to his team. He got to do whatever he wanted to do. Roll with the team. If that was Quinley, he would have been able to do the same thing. Scouts would have saw the three-point magic in him. They would have saw the scoring magic because he would have got a chance to make mistakes 
and then score. I mean, you put him in there for 30, 25 minutes and let him just do what he wanted to be the point guard and lead the team, it would have been something different. It would have been a lot of games that they won that they would have lost because, you know, guys are trying to score. They're not playing collectively, not playing smart. That's all Villanova wants to do is win. There's a lot of teams that end up being in that 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 that, that mode. And with Jalen Brunson there, he had like a, a little bit of a, um advantage because the guys that were his – as young as he were, weren't even starting like that. I mean, Archie Diakono, Josh Hart became a real good player. Chris Jenkins had just came in and started that year in 2016. Brunson got a chance to learn from two guys like O.O. Sheffield and Archie Diakono from the point guard position. That was the big thing. Archie Diakono from the point guard position, letting him not have the pressure on him. You look at that guard, that guard to the team we had at guard. I mean, it was Phil Booth. It's Phil Booth right now. I know Quinley's not getting no time, but it's still depth there. There was who did we have initially on the guard position besides Phil Booth coming off the bench? So it was a little. Did Josh Hart might make some rotations, little little rotating, you know, to to guard position. Michael Bridges was a small forward that was back there. Coming in sometimes when Hart might hit the shooting guard position. And you could fall, you could let Brunson fall back. It's a little different now. You can't just sit there and put somebody, you can't put Bridges and Hart on the starting lineup while Brunson sits down. He don't need no shots. You needed Gillespie to be in there who knew things and 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 be there with Booth. He was just learning from Booth himself. I know we need a Quinterly and we need another guard like Joe Cremo to step up, but that didn't happen. So Quinterly is sitting back learning. He don't have nobody to come and teach him right now. You look at having a backup, having a point guard like Gillespie, and if you could have had some type of point guard that could step up, Booth was a combo guard. Gillespie came in as a point guard. He has his he has patience about him. But he doesn't always make the right plays with the pass. He just doesn't. He doesn't make quick plays with the pass. But he's a smart basketball player. Don't get it twisted. I mean, they are just point guards that are better than Gillespie. But the big thing is that Gillespie's a ball player, man. You see how he played defense? This is why he's in there. He plays better defense than Quinterly. He plays tough. And Quinterly's seeing this. He's like, I need to know what's going on. The stuff he does is... He's a great Crespi's teaching Quinterly right now how to play Villanova basketball. That's what it's all about. Joe Cremo is a guy who just couldn't latch on to that concept and, and get to scoring at the same time. Cremo just came out as a junior and came back this year. We're talking something different. But man, now Cremo, but Cremo wouldn't even been drafted out of Albany. But I'll tell you what, I'm telling you something to look for for Cremo. When he goes to the combine and starts shooting that Brock. Teams are going to look at him. I don't know if it was the first second-round pick, but they love Kevin Herter as one guy. You know, he averaged more, but the guy can shoot. I think Cremo's in the same, same boat. He's a shooter just like him. So watch out. Now, um, St. Mary's had a, had a squad. I mean, they had a real – you got to give them some credit. And I, I'm serious. You got to give these guys some credit. Guys like uh, Fitz and, and Hunter – and Ford, I mean, they really tried. You know, Kush tried. Kuz tried. Kuz really tried. Now, looking at Eric Pascal, the, the game, he really set the tone. 14-6, to six, he came off real, you know, early to really set the tone. 
And then, you know, eventually Booth just takes over stuff. 15, 20.6 assists, only two turnovers. He had a very good game. Gillespie had five points, three assists, two rebounds. I mean, the one thing about Gillespie is that he comes in there to play defense. And I, what I don't like is that, I, you know what I don't like? They don't play to his strengths. Like, let him shoot, set up some plays so he can shoot from the outside. Gillespie has a real good outside shot. Like, he's he's one of the best outside shooters on the team. And, and, and better than Cremo, he's sitting there and he hit it and he'll, and he'll actually hit these three-point shots and he'll take them. Gillespie has a ring. I feel like they just need to set him up with some – I mean, that's what I say about Quinterly. Quinterly doesn't have to score. Everybody says he's a scoring point guard. He, he's a point guard that can score. And what he would do is set uh, Gillespie up. Uh, he'll penetrate, bring people to him. Gillespie would be wide open. But I see some uh, wide open w- wide open USA. Once again, that eye was open in the post, and Phil Booth missed him. It was an easy shot. He was by himself with nobody there yet. It was an easy shot. That's the second time I saw that. I saw that one time Samuel was open. Wide open. I seen Bay open. Wide open. I mean, they look at him. They look the other way. I don't even get it. But that's one thing. I just think Gillespie is a, a guy that's a key to this team. He played on the big guys. Anybody see him? What is, how did that happen? Like, that shouldn't happen again. How are you going to put the pressure on Gillespie to guard somebody look like a, a big I mean, this is a big dude. But he held his own, man. But I just didn't like them putting him. I didn't like him be put in that position, you know. But he held his own. St. Mary's couldn't even take advantage of that. And I think going back, looking at the playbook, and they're looking at the plays and looking at the film, and like, we're not going to let that happen again. I mean, you're going against Purdue now. It's a whole nother, you know, they're going to take advantage of situations like that. St. Mary's was just a little, you know, Gillespie tried. He put, he put that weight on him. He fought him, didn't he? I mean, it's, <laughs> Gillespie really played a big game to me. Really played a big game. If we're looking at even more bigger things, let's look at just how good, you know, Bay could have been in that. But Bay only had six points. Played good defense. One steal, one assist, two rebounds. That's, that's all he had. And uh, Dada, four points, five rebounds, a block. I mean, Dada, they have to get him involved in the post. Make people come to the post to mess with him. Make people, you know, come to the post. So they'll free up the shooters. It's like run over, pass it around, pass it around so they can get somebody that's open enough to shoot that shot. Let Dada go to the post and learn how to pass out the post. He is a problem back there. He's a problem. He also can play defense at the post. This is tournament time. This is what he do. Him and Gillespie are tournament people. They are post- Season players, get them involved, get them started, get them revved up. Get Gillespie and Roundtree revved up. These are postseason players. Get them revved up. Y'all can't just, I mean, listen, I, I, I like this, they won, you know, and Samuels came out and showed you what he's about. All right, but they have to, they have to. Get those two guys involved. You know, if you're going to have six players on the court, right, you have to get Cosby, Roundtree, and Gillespie more involved around the game. I think Wright sees that because it's like 
Now we're going, but the big thing they had to win this game wasn't the offense, it was their defense. They really played clamp down defense when they decided to say, okay, no, you can't get this shot. They were down 30 to 28 in the first half. In the second half, they scored 33 to 27. You know, they, they would have kept them to 27 points and, you know, got their 33. Very good second half. And, and that's showing a lot of life for them to come. And, and, and that's one thing about Nova. They play hard. And and they got shoot. They, they got a three. They, the three point game is a big part of their game. That's dangerous. They can pass. And then you got, no doubt in my mind, um, a length advantage in rebounding. I mean, you got Bay and Samuels. Then you got Roundtree coming in. You got a guy that can jump like Pascal. That's an advantage in rebounding. I mean, you got guys like that in your post that can just jump out athletic and just come and get that ball. That's big. And as this tournament goes on, Villanova's going to want. I mean, Villanova can really take this tournament by storm because if you look at where their bracket is, I say Tennessee is their biggest weapon. That's it. Tennessee. And so I'm more in tune with seeing how they play Purdue. If they can play Purdue to a blowout fashion, then that's a message. They beat them, you know, like they did St. Mary's. Hey, it's still a chance that, you know, things can happen. That they can't, I mean, they can't win. Right now, I'm picking Tennessee to win the whole thing. But, you know, Nova will be in the Sweet 16. They won't go to the Great Eight. You got to meet Tennessee. This is a, the most complete team. One of the most, Tennessee and Gonzaga, to me, will meet in the National Championship. And they are the two most complete teams in these uh, tournaments. The Duke is too young to me. I mean, that's not to me, to the whole nation. They're young, and I don't think that team can go and win it all. But it's a chance they can. They got they got a talented squad, but I'm always going to use experience over that, you know. I mean, because Villanova, the way they won and how complete they was when they won, you know. And North Carolina, the same thing. I mean, you just got to have a complete team. Tennessee and Gonzaga just don't have experience, but they have elite experienced players. And, you know, Ray Hachimara, and you got Grant Williams, guys like that, and Schofield, and Brandon Clark, guys like that to revolve around what's going on. It's just too much right now. And, and Villanova has Booth and Pascal. Them two guys can get off, but if other guys don't get off in this tournament, it's not going to happen. And Jermaine Samuels is a clear cut. You got three guys with double figures. We need that, and we need the impact on defense. Bay, we need him. He had 38 minutes. We need Bay to be more involved. When he gets the ball, you tell us the tournament, you know, people are a little bit nervous. But Sadiq Bay is a player. And once he gets feed him in the post, he's 6'8, 230. Put him in the post. Let this man eat the post. We need post play. Dada and Bay are big guys that can attack the post. Put them in the post, let them pass out. Bay can shoot threes. Let him be dangerous on both ends. We need the post to be. I look at teams, they can do that. It's like they're not strong. You know what I mean? You got to test that. You got a guy like Bay who's an all big freshman guy that they can they can be inside outside. Put him in there. And I still think they should let Quinterly if he's if I don't think Quinterly's healthy. I haven't heard too much, but you put him in there, let him learn, let him, you know what I mean? Let him learn. That's all he's doing right now. Just let him learn. And next season, we're talking about next season. All right. We're talking about. Quinterly and Gillespie. A lot of people looking at Gillespie and Moore. No, it's not going to happen. Moore is not better than Antoine. That's that's just not going to happen. I I sincerely don't see Moore being over Antoine. Antoine is too dynamic. He's too dynamic. 
He's too dynamic. As good as Moore is, he cannot do it. Uh, people talking about, I, I hear one thing, it was like the competition. Man, if you could do competition like that, you need to start. He's been on AAU teams. He's been on all types of teams and played against elite competition. He's trashed them. Trashed them. So we're talking about a guy that's an all-around talent that can dominate. What other guys have came in before that and looked like Antoine out of out of in their, in their league? Antoine is the real deal, and I think he's coming to start. Until I see Antoine, don't. But you know, I give people the benefit of the doubt because the, 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 the but listen, if you see Gillespie not able to do what Antoine can do, they're going to put Antoine in there. Gillespie will just get time off the bench because they know he's good. He's going to get starters minutes. I just believe next year, what he's done for this team, he'll get starters minutes. Javon Quinterly is a point guard. There's nobody that can run around the floor like him. And that would have helped Gillespie this year. But Jay Wright wants experience in there right now. He don't want to throw no freshman. When Spellman came in, who was going to start at center? It was going to be Spellman. They didn't have no other big. You got to put that five star in there. If they had another, if they had a Sheffu to put in there, Spellman wouldn't be starting. I don't care if it was powerful, he wouldn't be starting. Just like with Brunson, if they had an experienced guy, junior in there that could play, been different. Phil Booth came in as a guy who was learning, learning the system. We going to 2016. 2016. And we're looking at Booth and how slow they brought him along. They was bringing him along slow. And he was a guy they wanted, you know, he could score, he could do that, but Brunson was a true point guard. Like, you know, you want to have a guy who's going to be the next point guard that learns. And that's what happens. And now, that's a big debate. Everybody, it's, 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 I'm just saying this because it's a big debate. Everybody talking about uh, Brunson. Everybody talking about Gillespie, and I mean, people. It's a lot of love for it. Should be, but I just want people to recognize the difference. You look at the highlight films of Quinterly and what he's able to do, and you look at what Gillespie's able to do. He's not fast. He's not quick. He don't. He doesn't dribble like him. But he's a tough player. There's nothing away from. Stop taking that away from Gillespie because I'm saying, or because the truth is that he's not a better point guard than Gillespie. That don't mean he's not a good player. It's just that people are going for him, man. They're going for him. So, you know, you got to know that Gillespie is right now, to me, the better player, but that's not, not the better point guard. We need a guy. He don't even have to score. All Quinley going to have to do is dribble, get, you know, get tired defenses out, make the smart plays. That's all he going to have to do. And the things he's did, we know he can shoot the three. We know what he can do. So it's a real big occasion here to think about Purdue right now. You know why? Because you look at Purdue and look at what they bring to the table. Purdue was a, a team that has people, and they've been tough for a couple of years. They all this whole, you know what? I love the fact that Purdue is the type of team that beat Old Dominion, the type of team that you know can pound you. They won't, but Carson Edwards has just been good all year. All year, man. Like, Carson Edwards has been good. That's the guy we got to watch out for. 
we got to watch out for Carson Edwards, man. Carson Edwards is going 23 a game this year. All right. He's a 3.6 rebound, 3.0 assists. This guy, 1.5 steals, he can play. 38% from the field, though. That's what's working against him. 33% from three-point line. He's going to have to go to the free throw line, which is 84%. That's what's working against him. And you're going to make some bad. If you're coming in shooting bad against Nova, there's been guys that shoot pert nice against Nova and come in and just, huh. Ryan Klein, 11.7 points a game. They have two guys that are scoring in double figures. Matt Harms, 9.2 points a game. 7.5 for Noel Eastern. Freshman Aaron Wheeler, 4.7 points a game. Not freshman, sophomore. Noel, no drill. Noel Eastern is averaging 5.6 rebounds. Ryan Klein's leading them with 3.4 assists. Their best three-point shooter is Ryan Klein, 40%. One of their best, um, you got Grady Eifert, who's shooting 43% from the three-point line. You know, Wheeler's hitting 40% from there. Those are the guys you got to watch out for primarily. We're talking about in the field, 48%, 55%, and 53% for Grady Eifert and Trevion Williams. 63% from the field for Matt Harms. Guys, we got to watch out for. So Villanova has to come. Once you cut the leg, the head off of the beast, which is Carson Edwards, then things become so much better. 2.0 blocks for Matt Harms. Got to watch out for him. He comes through the block shots. This is a team I feel like Nova can go ahead and send a message like, okay, now we're ready. I mean, they need to come in and play nice, sharp, and play tough and aggressive. Show teams that their biggest thing is tough aggression. This whole team's biggest fact, biggest point is, and their biggest strength is, Toughness and aggression. Once they play tough and aggressive, nobody can really keep up with them. When they play defense, it's hard to mess with them. When they're on their spots, when they're active, when they're putting their length around, people can't shoot on them. Then they can they can play their game. I think Purdue loses this one, and it's Villanova on to the Sweet 16, which would be great and glorious. But they have to play their game. You got guys like Pascal and Booth who I think are matchup problems for a lot of Booth can take you off the dribble, anybody off the dribble. You know, I was seeing one guy, I think it was, uh, I don't know if it was even Daniels or Jerry, Jerry Might. It was like, well, who's the most, Marcus Howard, is he the most unstoppable player? And I'm like, yeah, he's the most unstoppable player. But Phil Booth is pretty damn close. Pretty damn close, man. How he's been in five years. I mean, you're talking about him being, a guy's played so many – he's he broke a record by college games, you know. A guy's played so many college games in the postseason. And he's just such an accomplished college basketball player. I'm talking about in history. He's played five years. He's won two championships. Now he's averaging – he's in a career year. He's the he's the example of great college player. He's teaching Colin a lot because Colin's learning a lot of that toughness from Booth. He's really learning that, man. He came in, uh, Archbishop Wood, one of the toughest kids I've seen. He's still one of the toughest kids in college basketball. Now, Colin, they can't really deal with his energy and physical aggression. A lot, lot of, listen, a lot of guards can't deal with that. And I think that's the one thing that Quinterly has over Gillespie. I mean, Gillespie has over Quinterly because Quinterly can't get that physical with people. You know, his size. If you put him on there, he has to be, Running the team. And I think that's another thing. Booth is going to be a point guard too. And 
you're talking about playing Quinley off the guard. Now, I remember Jay Wright quoting that Quinley could play off the guard, but you don't want Quinley playing off the guard as much. It's the same thing I say about Gillespie. Gillespie should be a two guard. He can play both point, but he's better at two guard. He needs to be off the ball more. I want him to be off the ball more. Quinley can't be off the ball as much as Gillespie. That's that's insane. That's insane. And that's why I think that when you got Gillespie coming in, and it could be Gillespie and Quinley and then Antoine. It could be both. It could be like this. Gillespie and Antoine is going to be that big battle. They're both going to get starters minutes, but who's going to start? Because it's going to be lineups where it'll be Antoine, Gillespie, and Quinley in there. I, I guarantee you it's going to be lineups like that. Because you can also have Gillespie and Antoine running around scoring while Quinley holds the ball and go ahead and pass the ball and be a point guard. Well, you can have them two score. It's going to be some pressure taking off Quinley. It's going to be a lot of pressure. But it's going to be one time where they learn that he's so dynamic in scoring, he'll get his chances, but not off the ball. It'll be plays where you can have him play off the ball, but you don't want him to play off the ball. He can't. He's not as big and aggressive as Gillespie, holding a lot of them guys, you know, on defense like Gillespie does on different positions. He's just not as tough as Gillespie is on defense. That's that's just the real deal. It's not, and that's the thing. I'm not taking nothing away from Quinley's defense. I'm not doing that. I'm just saying he Gillespie's a better defender. That's just it. Period. There's no ifs, ands, or buts about it. And then, you know, that's why when he became that guy, of course you want to see Quinley in there, but Gillespie was a champion, man. I mean, there's nothing wrong with him coming in. He's had 30-point games. Like, he showed what he's about. And the big thing about this is Gillespie is becoming a, a, a hero of sorts to me because David Lover toughness is in him, and he displays it so much. He really set the tone in that game. Really set the tone of that game. One guy said that Gillespie was undervalued. No, he's not. Gillespie's is not going for his shots. But, you know, to be correct on your term, I don't think Lenovo is setting up offensive plays for Gillespie. Well, you want to stick with your booth and Pascal and let everybody roll. I think that's how it's, it's going with everybody. Like, they even don't set up plays for Samuels. They don't set up play- like, but they give them more of the green light to go. Like, Gillespie doesn't get that. He, he doesn't have that green light. Look, we need you to score. But then he don't have the length either. So, I'm pretty sure Jay Wright told him something. But Gillespie is not going to take it in. He's not going He's not going to do that. He's going to look. He's going to be like, All right, I ain't quick enough to go past him. So, I'm going to come back over this way. Give it to my teammate. Try to get myself open. If you notice, Gillespie try to make plays for himself. He's a captain out there. He's 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 a true captain. He's a true captain. You know, if they if they bring him off the bench, that's that's trouble because I don't think nobody in college basketball can stop Gillespie off. It's a little unfair. If they start him, then you still got trouble because now you got to deal with him from the top of the game, and he's going to be a guy that if he starts next year with next to Quinterly, the people think Gillespie will be pointing. I just don't think Jay Wright sees that in Gillespie right now. Not when you got a guy, but it's the same time. I mean, it could happen. I can't, after Gillespie took over last year, because I clearly thought that Quinley was going to come and take over. You never know. It could be Gillespie, but it's not going to be no more. Next to Gillespie, it's going to be Antoine. I mean, you think it's, people think it's going to be Quinley and Antoine on the bench while Gillespie and Moore starts? That, that has to be proven like the, the, the Gillespie Quinley thing. That has to be proven. That has to be proven. There's no way another freshman comes in there and starts over another freshman. There's a difference. See, Gillespie was a sophomore. He has more experience. So at the end of the day, you're like, at least he got the experience. I don't want to throw Quinley in there like that. He has all the talent in the world, but 
I need Gillespie to be with the experience. I'm sorry. I, mean, I just don't think they're going to sit there and put a, a freshman. Moore is good, but he's not going to start over Antoine. That's ridiculous. I had to see that. If Gillespie is the push, just put Gillespie the point guard. There's no way in, 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 in the world that Antoine starts over more. So this is going to be a big game coming up. Super game, super huge game that's coming up. Um, now let's go into, listen, we, we went there and I always got to give my guys the leeway. Listen, let's talk about Villanova and what they bring to the table in the football. We're talking about football right now. Like Villanova football is is there. It's there, man. It's there. And it recruiting. I've been excited for a minute for for a long time. And I really think this is a team right now. That's going to come in. They're going to surprise people. Like one guy I talked to was Christopher Pierce. He's an athlete, dynamic. He can play, you know, different positions on the field. One thing he can do, good on offense. We were talking about um, the team showing interest to him. And he said, Villanova right now is that team. They've been recruiting him since December. Pretty good player. He's a guy that can really make things happen. He said the visit went good. He saw the players that stood out the most. He'll be a guy that could play some running back, take some receiver. Good athlete. Then we're looking at other guys that come around. In Villanova, um, these are these are interviews. You can go see these interviews. I did them for VU Sports. You can go check them out. Just giving you a rundown of some guys I, I did interviews with. The, the if I look at the twenty twenty class, it's something big. Ricky Ortega is still the big guy to go for. So Conley James is a the guy they gave an offer to, big time monster defensive end. Who has plenty of love for Villanova in so many ways. I mean, he really liked the offer. He's looking, I mean, he's really looking forward to making some things happen. Colin Schofield was a guy quarterback. He's a three-star, he's a dual threat. He can play. I mean, this kid can play. And Coach uh, Sean Devine is um recruiting him. They're still looking at him because, you know, you're looking at Ricky Ortega. You got to be like, hey, man, is he going to – I mean, a lot of people like him. Ricky Ortega is a dynamic quarterback. I mean, he's something different. He's especially like a unicorn quarterback. I mean, this guy can do so much. Same thing with Schofield. I mean, this guy, you're talking about Brown. He was talking about uh, Brown, Columbia, Dartmouth, Boston College, and UConn. These are teams that are after him. I talk about those. Uh, this is a guy who was in the Diva, the Adidas Rivals three camp in Elite Eleven. I mean, he's a guy you gotta look at for Colin Schofield. That's a guy with a lot of talent. He's planning on visiting Villanova in the spring. All right, it's a lot of 
I'm going to be on Twitter and putting a lot of that out, a lot of the news of a lot of the football players. But, um, man, I'm going to get out of here, man. Listen, Jermaine Samuels, let's just talk and, and finish it up. Jermaine Samuels is the guy this year. And Bay, he's right there. That's one thing. They have Sadiq Bay too. So these two guys are the guys to watch out for. And then when you let, you know, when you let up and you got four guys, you still got Colin Gillespie. And Dada. Dada and Colin Gillespie, you know, they was they was making, you know, Samuels wasn't able to make no contribution last postseason. This is big for him. Colin Gillespie and Dada was. They was able to get that experience. They was able to smell the blood of winning. And they have it in them. You can tell the way they played in the first game. Colin Gillespie was like, look, we're going to win this game. We, he, he knows the deal. He knows what it is. He's been there. You know, he was around there. Dada, you could just tell how he was playing. He was ready. Like, this is the tournament, man. They ready for it. This is their time. They're, they're the ones now getting the time. There's nobody coming in and, 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 you know, letting them consume time, letting them come in. Now it's their time. And they're acting like it. I, I like how Colin played without scoring. He always has a tough way. He doesn't be a liability. He's not a liability on both ends of the floor. Sometimes when you need him to score, he's not there. But the next on, on the other side, it's like Samuel. Samuel's the same. Colin Gillespie and Samuel's in the same boat. I didn't know who was starting tonight. You know, Samuels has proven Gillespie, we need him when it's time for the clutch. And shots. Like Samuels has been there numerous times on the clutch when it's time for somebody to turn up, and he has. You need to see Colin get that killer instinct. Killer instinct. They need to let Booth play more point guard. And while Booth plays point guard, he needs to involve Collins in some, some scoring, man. Cuts to the basket. And that's another thing why I think that that could happen with uh, Quinley and Gillespie. Because Javon Quinley can play point guard and don't have to score and can do so much other things on the offensive end. With dribbling and passing. And then Colin Gillespie, he's going to have to cut it up. I don't care if we get Antoine or more next year. We're not dependent. Villanova does not depend on freshmen. Just get it out. I know that Antoine and what I said, but if you look at it, they don't depend on freshmen. They're going to look for Colin Gillespie, whether he's on the bench or not, to be their guy to help this team win. He will get the same amount of time. He's going to get the ball. He's going to be involved. I don't care where he plays at. Look at DiVincenzo. Anybody looking at what happened? DiVincenzo, six starter. They call him the six starter. Does anybody look at how good DiVincenzo play coming off the bench? Anybody look at his minutes? Okay. Next year is going to be Quinley's, uh, just like Gillespie's time. He's going to be in a Gillespie role. He's only going to be a captain. But if you look at it, they don't really put too much pressure on Gillespie. They don't. They're not going to do that with Quinley either. Now, Gillespie's going to have all the pressure next year. Anytime he gets in and gets the ball, it's not going to be Antoine. Anybody on that guard is going to be Gillespie because he's the guy. Now, Quinley will have some pressure to just step up and be that, you know, just like Gillespie to be a ball handler, make smart decisions. It's going to be a lot. He's going to be, you know what I mean? And one thing about Quinley that, that Gillespie don't have, he's going to take some shots. He's going to take some shots. He's going to take and he's going to try and he's going to make you try to come guard him. He's going to hit some shots. So that'll help even Gillespie out. Like, I got you. It's going to be interesting to see, man. It's going to be interesting to see this team and what they do. I just feel like that it's time to let him be a killer. You put a lot of pressure on him to handle the ball. Let him be a killer. All right, so we're looking at 
so many different situations right now. And I just think right now the Purdue game on Saturday is going to be extra big. Extra big. For Villanova to see what happens. We need Bay Samuels and we need Gillespie and we need Dada. I can't stress this anymore. If this is the only rotation we're going to have with six people, we need those four. I mean, Pascal and Booth, we all know what they need to do with seniors. We know this. And this is what I'm automatically expecting. I'm not even going to another. This is what I'm automatically expecting. I'm not going to sit here and be like, oh, okay, well, um, you know, they, they, they're, they're cool. Because there's been times they started off slow during the season. But it's good to see where they're at, 20 and 14. And then you look at 12 from Samuels. We need all of them to contribute. You have four from uh, Bay. You have five from Gillespie. We need more. If we can get that to win the game, I understand that. But we shouldn't focus on what we did last game to win the game. We need to see if Gillespie can get 10. And Bay and Gillespie can get 10. And Dada can get 7 and 11 at least. You know what I'm saying? We need to let him be Dada at that point. You know, feed him in the post more. I just think that he's going learning as he goes with this team and what to do with him. But I think it's going to be something special, man. Um, but as far as I just think Sweet 16 right now, I just think right now Sweet 16 and Nova should be happy with the type of team they have coming in the next year. There will be some dynamic playing going on. So, like I said, I just feel like that looking at this team and looking at where they're from and looking at how they play, I think it's going to the defense is better than I think what really powers wasn't the offense, it was the defense. You're not going to go on the other side of the floor and just score on this team. And then here comes Pascal and Booth, and then everybody else has to kick up. Pascal and Booth, you have to deal with them. Booth is going to make you guard him outside and inside. He's going to make you – he's going to dare you to guard him. And Booth haven't had his best game. It's 20 points. I can see Booth having 28 next game because Booth is one of those type of guys. He can light up the game. And it's time to start putting Booth and Drab Boys. Stop playing. All right, look, I'm out of here, y'all. Follow Leader Villanova Radio once again. My thing is Bay, Samuels, Roundtree, Gillespie. Keep it up. Keep it up and get better. Because this is what this team depends on. It's not like guys, you know, over the help, they get to be on the bench and then come off. Because if just think of Bay and Samuels and and Gillespie and, and uh, Roundtree was able to come off the bench for depth. Wouldn't be too many. Bay and Gillespie, I mean, Gillespie and Roundtree are already champions, so that would have been an advantage right there. They have those two dynamic players. Gillespie, tough as nails. You know, he can get 30 on you off the bench. Dada, tough as nails, off the bench. Former tournament MVP earlier this year of a tournament that Nova played. Samuels, look what he can do. Bay, look what he all big for. I mean, just imagine these guys come off the bench for depth. That's like if DiVincenzo would have stayed Gillespie off the bench. Are you serious right now? They've been Gillespie and Quinterly off the bench. And Gillespie wouldn't get most of the time. Quinterly would have got something, you know, um, You look at Bay and Samuels coming off the bench. If uh, you got Spellman staying, the only thing you'll be seeing is Dada coming off the bench. Just picture Bay and Samuels next to uh, Spellman, who would have been getting 15 and 10. I know it would have been Pascal and Spellman. So somebody would have been on the bench, whether it be Bay or Samuels. Probably would have been Samuels. 
because, you know, Bay was getting the love at first. So I could see that. This is a good team, man. Good, good team that would have been. And now look how good they are. Just, just seeing how good they are now and what they, that, that would let you know what they would have been like. All right, so we out of here, y'all. Finally, the Villanova Radio Nova Nation, man. See y'all Saturday. Um, I'll do another after, uh, post game. It'll either be that morning or after the game. I mean, we was all analyzing things last night, so here we go this morning. All right, man. Holla at y'all, Nova Nation. <laughs>